Oh, I'm going to take off my necklace because otherwise we'll be, we'll have this going on all the time, <laughs> which I quite like, but it could be annoying to people listening. Oh dear, I'm tangled. Shit. Okay. Got my reading glasses on. I still can't fucking see. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 of Bilgariad and Beyond. This week we're up to chapter 15 of Porn of Prophecy. We're in, we're still in Cherik and getting to know some more of, um, Adventure from Garion. So I'm Sandra Turnbull. I'm here with my partner in crime, Alicia. Hi, sweetie. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Um, good. We were just talking before we, we started recording and um, just both decided that we were going to share our updates on the show. So let's dive straight into Cockiris Cup. <laughs> Yeah, I know we usually do a lot of chatting beforehand, but I think we both just have really like light and, and inspirational things to share. So, well, that's a nice change. Sometimes we get terribly, um, <laughs> bloody, I don't know, not well, just deep. We t- we tend to get deep yeah. very suddenly, it's and it's very not emotionally say, deep. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's not to say that the light and bubbly stuff can't be deep and meaningful as well. But you know, sometimes it can the 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 shadowy stuff is a little bit intense, and there's been a lot of that. And so I think we're on the upturn of our cycle. <laughs> yeah, and I've realized something about myself too is that I am incapable of not being emotionally deep at any given time. I always just kind of go there. <laughs> I've stopped oh. trying. Seriously, <laughs> stop trying because that is my happy place. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I think it it's partly a writer thing too. I think a lot of writers are that way. Yeah. Well, I feed, it feeds, it feeds my creations, mm-hmm. you know, all of that emotional energy. If, if I remember that it's fuel for my creativity, then I can channel it really beautifully into, you know, for example, what I've been doing this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what have you been up to this week? Okay. So my potion this week is sweet and bubbly because uh, I completed the formatting the, uh, of my paperback copy of Embodying Earth. And I know that people who aren't listening who aren't self-published authors or do not, aren't involved in publishing really don't understand how kind of awesome that is, that feeling when you click save, the final click of save, when you've been working on this freaking manuscript from, you know, such a long time and it looks beautiful and it's just you know all of the all of the alignment is nice and is correct and all of the little graphics and the the flourishes are in place and it's just oh like angels singing mm-hmm. and so that was what I did this week and I'm actually now um waiting for the proof copy to come back from the printers so that I can do some final proofing on the entire copy because not only did I finish the manuscript formatting, I completed the cover as well, all of the cover design and it looks beautiful. I'm using this amazing photograph of um, like a carved statue from Albania in, in a campground in Albania and it's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. It's totally perfect for the book. And I, so I'm just really excited. I'm sort of, you know, part of any process is the celebration of the end of a stage of the process because really this is something that just sort of keeps rolling around rolling around but very often especially creatives who work alone we forget to take the time to celebrate and we get straight into the next thing and don't give ourselves permission to like you know get excited and feel good about the accomplishments so I'm totally doing that today I'm feeling freaking awesome yay that's exciting congratulations on all all of that thank you huge you know I 
I remember being there with my last book, which was not too long ago. Uh, it is. It's really exciting and fulfilling experience, I think. Yep. So mm. that's my week. How's your mm. week been? Last week you were very unwell. Yeah, I was sick. Um, I can still, like the frogginess still comes back once in a while. Mm. When I speak, I feel fine now. But okay. like I have to say through, since the last time we recorded, through like the next five days, I felt like shit. Like I, wow. I was, you know, there's some weird flu thing going around San Diego. Mm. That's clear because it's all over my kid's school. Oh, I, can't <laughs> and, wait to, I can't wait to edit last week's show together. I haven't listened back, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there are some moments where I might have sounded really spacey or, or not <laughs> yeah, making sense. By the end of it, I think you're almost <laughs> sliding off your chair. This is how dedicated we are to you, my darlings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew it would help me feel better. I was hoping it would take me like on the uphill and it did yeah, for a bit. But then I think it did. Day. But then there was like a wall and you smashed right into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other than, you know, feeling like that awfulness all week, I actually would have to say that my cup was filled with sweetness because like I mentioned last week, I um, came to some huge, huge realizations and shifts that I, okay. I have since implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I've focused on this past week is um, I first figured out, you know, because I knew there were several books I wanted to write. They're on the plan. But I actually sat down and got thoughtful about them and said, what would be the purpose of each of these? And, you know, where am I at right now? Which is going to be the most impactful for me, but also based on, like, where the world is at right now. And, mm-hmm. um, and then what I did, you know, is, <laughs> like we do every week here, I went and I set an intention. I went and pulled a book from my shelf. Mm-hmm. And... I had asked, which book am I meant to write right now of these? And I'll tell you, like, it was so direct. (laughs) Okay. So I just love that you're doing prophecy in like real life, not on the show. Yeah, I did it for myself. And the first novel I've ever written is called The Raven Dreams. Yeah. And I'd always been torn as this to be like a standalone or can I make it into a series? I left it open so that it could be a series, but I never knew if I really wanted to. And then I had though started a draft. It was about halfway finished shortly after I published that novel in like 2013. Um, but then I just left it there and didn't. It's been almost five years since I've touched it. And But what happened is in that, that story is about this race of people who are connected to the earth like they can do this meditation and get the energy from the earth and use it for either good or bad they can you know use elemental powers basically to Mm -hmm. um, their benefit and the the passage i opened up in this book for guidance was was talking about this science teacher or biology teacher or something who was talking to her students about these are people who are um, saving the planet. That's like what they're studying is how to save the planet type thing. And so she's asking them, you know, do you believe, do you support nature or something like that? And do you believe that nature supports you? But just the way it was all worded, I'm like, that's exactly like how I set up this race of people in the Raven dreams. Right. And so I'm like, okay. It wasn't the Raven dreams that you were asking the question of. No, I was asking which book. Cause I had a list. A seven oh my books. God. Okay. Okay. I had a list of seven books. One of them was the Raven dreams part two, as I'm mm. calling it right now. And then six other books. But, but you weren't other... using, you weren't using the Raven dreams to do your prophecy. You were no, right. Okay. No, no. I picked a completely different book from my shelf and, okay. and it was, yeah, it was about, you know, this, the science classes and it's like an, a motivational type book. Yep. And so it was an example of this woman talking to her class, you know, and it was about your connection. You have to embrace the fact that nature supports you as much as you're trying to support nature. And I'm like, holy shit. That's clearly that book right there. None of my other books, the other uh, six books are actually two separate series Mm -hmm. that I know I want to write. So after I think about it, I'm like, well, it makes sense. 
Mm -hmm. so I need to finish. If I'm making this a series, I need to finish this one before I start a new series. <gasps> Very nice. So, That's perfect, sweetheart. I've been writing in that draft now for this oh, past week. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. How's it feeling? It feels really amazing. Like I reread everything I wrote first. And I oh, like, did you forget how awesome the story was? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. How come I didn't believe in this enough before? Because you know? we get saturated <laughs> with our own self-criticism. Mm -hmm. Put something away and then go back to it and read it. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can read some of my early stuff and I don't remember that I wrote it. And I can read it sometimes and go, wow, that's excellent. Who the hell wrote this? And then I'm like, well, I did. I wrote this. This is good. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I wanted to say also, when you get sick, often when you go through a really huge transformation, your physical self will tend to shed a lot of stuff. And sometimes that can dip you into like flu-like symptoms. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what happened because, um, like I said, my kids had like this really mild version of something like it before yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but then I got hit so hard and I was like worrying that either Nathan would catch it or I would reinfect the girls in some yeah. way with this worse version. But none of them have shown any of the symptoms I had. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it was even contagious or was well, it just... I mean, contagions go around and sometimes we're susceptible and sometimes our, you know, we're just strong enough at the time to... You know, it just passes us by. It just depends on so many things, like where your head's at, where your emotions are at. All of that stuff affects your immune system and your ability to fight mm -hmm. things off quickly or really kind of succumb to them. And so yeah. especially at the bottom of a cycle where you're kind of in that place of letting everything fall away, I find that very often shedding takes place on all the levels, not just the psychological stuff, but also the physical. Yeah. I agree. I think that's part of what was going on for sure. So I'm very glad that you're feeling better. And I'm so excited that you're back into <laughs> writing your amazing stories. Yeah, me too. <sighs> okay. So on to the Bulgariad, yeah? <clears throat> yes, yes. So uh, it's time for Garian's View, my love. So chapter 15, we see um, that Aunt Paul and Mr. Wolf are going to be having, it's the next day, and they're, they've announced they're going to be having more private meetings with the kings. Um, and so Beric seems like he's feeling mischievous for some reason, or I don't know if there's some deeper meaning why he decides he wants to go hunt boars. And so he um, invites like the guys in the room to go with him. So some of them go, including um, Silk and, and Garion. And, you know, you have a sense that something isn't going to go well uh, while they're out there. There's little hints throughout the chapter, I think, that make you feel that. And then, of course, they get out into the woods and Garion ends up facing a boar head on, one-on-one. -on -one. And he also sees this kind of unique change in Beric that we just don't know too much about at this point. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think those are the highlights of that chapter. Okay. So that was nice and very succinct. Very well <laughs> done. We're getting better at this all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> so we go into, now I don't know if I've ever actually said this, but the title of the segment where we discuss the chapter is called Wolf's Wisdom. So... Right now, we're going into Wolf's Wisdom. That's true. I don't know that we've ever said it. No. I don't think I have, you know. 15 episodes later. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay, because I think you have them listed out on the website anyways, right? Yeah, I do. If you go to the website, I've got like a page where you can go and have a look at the chapter, the episode format, so you can see how it all flows and what to expect in each segment. And then there's yeah. another page that gets updated with the new episodes every month. And would you fucking believe it? I forgot to release today's episode. So I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> 
when I finish recording with you and usually I do it, I either have it scheduled to come out just like at after midnight this morning. Right. Right. Or I do it first thing when I get into my office in the morning. So that's like hours and hours and hours ago. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that I have hadn't didn't have it scheduled in my calendar. And so I didn't do it because it was not in my calendar. I don't do it. <laughs> And I was just making dinner downstairs for, for me and the pixie. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't. And I realized yeah. I hadn't done it. So. <laughs> That's okay. You're in celebration mode today. <laughs> gonna... I could use that as an excuse, but it's not true. It's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, okay. actually, I'm just going to <clears throat> open up my calendar like right now. And put it in there for after our recording. Yeah, because I have to do that. I'll forget again. Yeah, I'm the same way. Totally get Release it. Release episode. I can't remember what number I'm up to. Seven. Ooh, yes, it's seven. I'll just I'll just play release new episode. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, guys. If you. You know, we just do some time traveling. Please accept my apologies for my forgetfulness. That's dumb. All right. So this chapter is one of my favorite chapters. Yeah? Yeah, I really like it. <clears throat> it was a lot lighter, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. In what respect? How do you mean? Just, I don't know. I, I think that there is... Um, like a lot of joking around, but mm-hmm. there wasn't anything like heavy that they had to deal with. I mean, they didn't really in the last chapter either, but mm-hmm. okay. it just, I don't know. It just felt like, okay, they're going to go boar hunting. Mm-hmm. This is like some fun sport. That mm-hmm. They're all going to go do together. Yeah. And so they're going, they're going to hunt wild boar and barracks sort of joking around with King Arnick and Arnick's kind of mooning out the window going, Oh, like wishing he could go as well. Cause obviously he'd much prefer that than being cooped up talking politics and stuff with all the other Kings and, um, mm-hmm. and Polgara. Um, but <clears throat> So there's a bit of joking around at the start. And as you said, um, Barak's sort of going around to each of our characters and inviting them on the boar hunt. Yeah. And he invites Silk, who doesn't really want to go. But then Queen Porin teases Silk until he agrees to go, you know, like, you can be my champion and, you know, you've got to go for the honour of, like, just teasing him. Mm -hmm. Nothing serious at all. So he ends up sort of going, like, doesn't really want to, but, like, yeah, radio. (laughs) And then, um, and then Barak invites Dernick and he's so, he's just so straight laced, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he seems like a little bit hesitant or doubtful. Mm. Mm. He's like, I'll still come if you want me to. Mm. But like, he's not hesitant because he's, he's afraid at all. It's just that he doesn't understand. It's like, he's, I get the sense that he wants to make sure that he's, sticking to the protocols and the way things are done and he's not sure the proper way that things are but it's the it's propriety of the situation he's not sure of what's proper because this is such a foreign kind of culture than what he's used to so yeah it's he's kind of stiff and in in his um communications like just that's the that's sort of the impression i get yeah yeah, there's a comment later on that we'll get to it that also made you feel that way okay. about him. But okay. yeah, I think I think he is, you know, it's just yeah. he's unsure of like, well, I don't know, I don't really know anything about hunting and yeah. And then so it goes all the way through all of the um, people there, and so they're all sort of sitting or standing around getting the day organized before everyone separates to go to their separate things, and the last person that Barrack invites is young Dirt, is young Garriott. Mm-hmm. And immediately Aunt Paul loses her nana. <laughs> right. See, and, and I liked this, this interaction because, um, you know, she does, she has her little snark comments with him and, and, but Mr. Wolf this time jumps in right away. Mm-hmm. And so you see their little 
bickering alongside of this Mm -hmm. like her her trying to jump on Gary and about it and then also now Mr. Wolf stepping in so she's kind of battling now Gary and and her father Mm. over like overstepping her boundaries almost at this point because he is starting to become his own person now and she needs Mm -hmm. to be able to accept that all right if he wants to go boar hunting like let him go boar hunting yeah and but at, at the same time I get it like I get that protective like that overprotectiveness mm-hmm. um you know because again there's stuff going on in the background that we don't know about yet right we don't know what's made Aunt Paul into the person she is so mm-hmm. and and the way that she's portrayed I don't know how it I think to this point she's like really portrayed as hard and I'm trying to think of the word hard and like uh, just very controlling and um, I think she's like a very stern personality. Mm. Um, how does she like, so if you were to describe Aunt Paul at this point <clears throat> in the story, how would you describe her? It's hard for me to sort of go back to like forgetting everything else that I know. I just see her as like a stern person, but that she has a good heart, you know, it's, it's she has, like I said, I have an aunt who is very much like her mm. to a lot of people. Like in my family, we have a huge family and a lot of my cousins always take offense to the way she interacts with them or the things she says. And she's only doing it from a place of love. It's not mm. because she's like trying to make their life miserable. She's mm. just trying to take care of them, mm. you know? And so it, it just, the word stern comes to mind. Mm. That is but, a good word that, that there's so much in that word that is um, appropriate to describe Aunt Paul, I think at this point in the story. But what I think is curious too, though, is that Mr. Wolf also knows like everything that's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yet he is telling her to like ease up about it all. Like, and I think we have to remember that he's her father. And right. has a much longer view, is much, much older than she is. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, I don't know, there's, there's this patience about Wolf, uh, a willingness to let things just run their course without interfering until it's time to interfere. Yeah, he, he has that comment of that you're not going to humili- humiliate him by unmaking his decision for him yeah exactly so he's sort of steering her to you know begin to look at Gary in a different way and so I think that there are there's there's an even like so so Aunt Paul has this thing that she is steering Gary towards but -hmm. then Wolf has an even greater thing that he's steering all of them towards it feels like yeah I think so. Yeah. So anyway, so 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 Garion just uh, gr- takes the bit between his teeth and it's like, no, nope, that's it. If Barrack doesn't think I'll just be in the way, I'll be glad to go. Mm-hmm. And then Aunt Paul, like you could, the, you could just see her. You're like, I'm reading the book, and I can just see her like drawing up, and the eyes <laughs> getting flashy, and like getting ready to like rip people new assholes and things. Mm-hmm. And that's when Wolf steps in. I was like, no, it's all good. And then what did you think of how um, Aunt Paul kind of pulls her head in after that, but with the little jabs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she wants to have the last word, I think, is, is clear because, you know, she makes it a point to say that they're going to have a life. Her and Gary will have a very nice long talk when he mm-hmm. comes back. Mm-hmm. But I got, I did get, I do get the impression when I read that that she's not trying to be bitchy. She just means we'll just talk about this. You know, it feels softer than than what it might seem like on face value. Like, does that? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Or does it feel different to you? Am uh, I just me, softening it me, because I know the characters? To me, she felt like she was being a straight smartass. To okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like, okay. Okay, you cool. had to have that last jab, didn't you? Yeah. going to just let him go. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, very <laughs> cool. But even, made it, but even up the way that the wolf sort of um, pulls her up, 
it's a very kind of father to teenage to teenage daughter. Not this time, miss, the old man said with a hint of iron in his voice. Mm-hmm. He's made his decision and you're not going to humiliate him by unmaking it for him. Garen isn't a child now. So it's a very kind of, it's, it's like her being mum to Gary and him being dad to her, like in the mm-hmm. same proportion of, yeah. you know, he almost has the same sternness with her that she's having with Gary. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's interesting. Um, and then this interaction next that comes up was, was kind of just, I don't know, it's just thrown in there. But again, interesting to see Beric with his wife. Meryl. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not, and, and, and it does seem thrown in, but it's not the last time, you know, yeah. like she, so. she, she turns into quite an important character. So this is just sort of helping us get to know, but she's still being like, I don't know. You talk about it. What was your impression? She just seems like a very snotty person. (laughs) She likes to be sarcastic for the sake of proving her point and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, making Beric feel like he's forcing her to be um, submissive to him or something like that by the comments she makes. Yeah. And yep. I just don't think that he necessarily does that. Mm-hmm. I think he leaves her be <laughs> from what it sounds like. <sighs> yes. So we'll see where that goes. I'm sure it won't be the last time we hear of those two. Uh, the queens wander off and Porin's still rolling her eyes at Aslina, who wants to go and cast Augury's to, to, to find out what the result of the hunt will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um and then they all go on oh, that the it's not doesn't really get spoken about too much it's just touched on when they're when barracks inviting all the people but hetar this is the first time hetar mm-hmm. is going with them like on a on a on a group thing getting together with the with the other characters and who is he we've seen him before Yep, so Hetar is the son of Chohag, who is king of Algaria, the horse people. Mm -hmm. Chohag, King Chohag can't walk unassisted. Do you remember the introductions? He was the one all in black and Hetar is his his son and helps him to get around. He can't, Chohag can't walk without assistance. Okay. That's who he is. Um, yeah, so then they go off to the armory and get their meet up with Torvik, who is the, um, he's like the, the huntsman. He's Arneg's chief huntsman. I love that there's a huntsman, a chief huntsman. <laughs> so, you know, they get, they go down and they get all of their like mail shirts on. <laughs> and did you catch how Garion is with his mail shirt? No, I didn't catch it. So Garion's got on this mail shirt. It's really heavy, even though the undershirt's thick. And he's trying to be all cool and cool and stuff, but trying to sort of move surreptitiously so that the links will stop digging into him. But every time he moves to relieve some of them, other ones dig in. So he's sort of mm-hmm. doing anyway, a dance, <laughs> doing a little chainmail dance, and mm-hmm. they get their spears. So the way that you hunt boar is that the huntsman <laughs> takes his men out into the forest and they bash on this on their shields and make a lot of noise and drive all of the animals towards where the hunters are standing mm-hmm. and the hunter holds a spear a big a broad-bladed spear and just stands in the middle of the path and waits for the boar to charge him <laughs> <laughs> and and hopefully you hit the ball with the spear because then the advice is to get out of the way or climb a tree. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like too exciting of an idea. Uh, well, it sounds very <laughs> exciting, but not terribly <clears throat> safe. Yeah, I don't think so. There was a comment in here that had made me laugh about it. it oh, here it is. Oh, Beric's saying, our hunters are hardly ever injured, seriously. <laughs> and Silk's like, hardly ever has an uncomfortable ring of frequency to it, Beric. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It does. Yeah, it's funny. 
Because Silk's immediately like already sensing that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I think Silk's, <laughs> Silk's not a very physical kind of hunty type person. No. You get the it feeling he'd rather like sit it. inside and play dice. <laughs> I know. I want to know what this. Why they keep? They have like this inside oh, okay. joke about dice, and okay. I still don't know so what it is. The 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 thing is, he is um, basically a con artist. He's a spy and a con artist, right. and a trickster, and a politician. And so he is a. He's very good at. He's he's good at um, sleight of hand. And so when they talk about dice, and his fingers get itchy. He is one of those kinds of people who has the ability to roll the dice and get whatever number he wants, mm-hmm. whether it's because he's rolling his own dice, which perhaps right. are weighted or, you know, right. so yeah. that's the insinuation there that he will always win because he cheats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, what Barakin said here when he says not with your dice. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm not going to play with your dice. So, <laughs> So then they all um, get all of their armour on, their mouth shirts and get the spears and they pile into the, um, the sleighs to, to head out. And the snow is very, very deep, you know, and so the, I just I love this picture of the, I almost get thrown into Narnia, you know, where the white queen is mm-hmm. like scooting through the snow uh, with yeah. the snow spraying out behind. Like, right. Anyway, so... They, they get into their, their fur robes and it's very cold and they head out through the narrow twisting streets of Vallalorn and they're heading off into the forest and on their way they pass the temple. Oh, no, no, I beg your pardon. They don't pass the temple but the old blind woman from the temple steps out of a doorway as they pass. Mm-hmm. And she says, hail Lord Barrack. She's hanging out, waiting for them. Yeah. So what did you What did you pick up from this little piece? Hail Lord Barak. Well, yeah, she's back to telling him that his doom is coming. Um, and but she goes even further to say that today is the day. Mm-hmm. And then she also comments to Garion that he's going to go through a lot today, but that he'll come out okay. Mm-hmm. And so then, what we'll talk about later, though once we see what she's kind of referring to, it's kind of like, well, how is that doom exactly? Don't really know yet. <laughs> well, I mean, and so I have to be really careful in this chapter because I don't want to say too much and spoil the story, like the future story for you. I want to make sure that I'm just speaking up to the end of this chapter. So I'm going to try and let you lead the conversation as much as mm-hmm. possible. And I'll just fill out, like flesh out the bits that yeah, sure. we need to know about. Yeah. So they talk about this doom. And, and Barak throws a spear at Marja, which she knocks away with her staff. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. with surprising speed. <laughs> um, She's obviously got <clears throat> some powers behind her. Yeah, um, I think so. And I think she's got some you know, obviously she's got foresight, but I think even to the point of just instantly everything that's going on around her, she can already see it happen before it happens so that mm. she knew mm. that sphere was coming. So she was ready to just knock mm. it away, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they, they head on into the forest and uh, Torvik sets them all up and Barak leaves Garion with two spheres beside a likely looking path, a game trail, and sort of tells him what to do. I like the little piece where the, the little talk about bravery. Do you remember Barak and Garion? Bravery. I just know. So, when so he's telling him, you know. He's, Barak's saying this is a good place to stand. The, the boars are going to try and escape the noise. They'll probably come out here. Just brace yourself and, you know, aim the spiritus chest. And they don't, the, the boars don't see very well, so he'll run right into the spear before he even knows it's there. And then he says it's probably best to jump out of the way, like behind a tree at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary sort of was a bit unsure, you know, what if I miss? Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and, but, you know, just wants to know if the boar will try and get away from him. And Barrack says, no, probably not. He'll probably try and split you up the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, if that happens, climb a tree. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's nothing. No talk about bravery. I don't know what I was talking about. No, just that away. I should let you start talking and shut up. 
No, no, no. I think that it's nice to just touch on really quick too that little short conversation before Beric even starts showing Gary what to do because mm-hmm. Gary and, and Dernick have a short moment of like missing Sindaria and Dernick feeling oh, so out of yeah. place. Very, very, very true. And so I thought that was just a nice moment between the two of them because I think Gary and Phil's like of the, the group he's with, Dernick is the only one who actually still knows. He knows exactly who Dernick is. He doesn't doubt yeah. him. He doesn't doubt anything that Dernick says to him. He knows it's all truth. He's like the fixed point, the still point. Yeah. So I think Gary almost feels a sense of safety with him, but he's also like, supporting Dernick in this that like you know it's gonna be okay once this is over we'll get to go back to Sindaria and they they do say that the when when they they're looking forward to going home they still think of it as home and they still think we'll be going back there once this is all finished Mm -hmm. yeah right right it's like that shire feeling like the hobbits We'll, we'll go back to the shire yeah true 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 so, and the other thing, and so everyone leaves Gary and he's by himself and then something happens. Is this the, the point, like, with the dry voice coming back to him? or is um, it No, that? this is, so, ah, yeah. Oh, there is a bit in, in here about bravery. He's thinking about, um, oh, yeah, he decides that he'd rather die than hide behind a tree like a frightened child. And you're, you're right, the dry voice chimes in tell you we yeah. spend so much too much time worrying about that no one's, <laughs> no one's gonna give us stuff until he's a grown-up so he should just quit it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so he has like the moment in the forest where everything's so quiet and he's just feeling really alone and mm. kind of observing the snow falling from the trees um but that's when he picks up on like the sound of horse hooves mm-hmm in the distance though and so he kind of sneaks to see what's going on and he can even hear these three riders and then a, I think it's a fourth rider that comes up is the man in the green cloak that he saw in the mm-hmm. always few chapters ago mm-hmm. so he listens to their conversation now do you need me to talk about the conversation because it is a little bit confusing who's there do I don't know. All I know who's there is the man in the green cloak. I don't know who the others are. Okay, so. Because so they just call him my lord. My lord. True. So the man in the green cloak is calling a flaxen-haired man my lord. And the flaxen-haired man is there with two warriors who are, seem to be like his personal guard. And so uh, the man in the green cloak comes and meets the three of them. And they talk about, what did you pick up from their conversation? Well, it sounds like these, this Lord, uh, you know, he's obviously has the man in the green cloak trying to overhear what's going on in these meetings with Wolf and Aunt Pole. And obviously he, he lets him know that it's a lot harder to get in there than I thought it was. But he's like threatening this guy. He's like, you, you need to do it or your punishment with me is going to be way worse than if they catch you type thing. So Whatever it is, is I, I just got this person, this Lord wants to know what's going on, but then, I don't know why. Okay. So, and there's also the question that the Lord asks the man in the green cloak, did you meet with our friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, well, your friend, I met him and went into a tavern and we talked about that last week. And that's yeah. when Garion was asking, are there any Murgos in mm-hmm. Cherik? So I think right. we can assume that, you know, that the person he was meet, the man in the green cloak was meeting was a Murgo, right. who is a friend of this Lord. And the Lord has set the man in the green cloak to listening in on these meetings. And the other interesting thing that's really important is when he asks about who arrived from Sendaria. Do you remember? Yeah, he... He seemed only interested in knowing if a boy had come with them, right? Like he Correct. wanted to know, obviously, that Wolf and Aunt Paul were there, but specifically about that boy and the man in the green cloak. Was like I didn't think he mattered, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So that seemed kind of important. So my only thought, and you don't have to say either way, but after talking about it, is that this could be, and I don't even know his name. Who? Or is it the the one that Belgarath 
has to like defeat the one that had the orb and it's like way back in the prologue and that the the gods or whatever they are <laughs> oh, the, um, the, the evil guy and all of that well not Torak yeah 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 Torak Torak is the god of the Murgos right so my only thought would be that this would be like the god of the Angorex sorry this would be like Torak disguised as a human or something like that but ah, interesting I don't know that that's actually what it is. Otherwise, I have no idea who he is. Okay. Um, well, that's okay. I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, so the, the Lord and the, the, his soldiers right away and then the man in the green cloak <clears throat> does get described as looking very kind of grim, mm-hmm. which is looking after the Lord and then he rides off. Mm-hmm. And then the excitement happens, right? Oh, so then (laughs) it starts starts with like the little piglets running by or first he sees like a an elk or a deer or something Mm -hmm. and then the little piglets come and so you know obviously after that is the full-grown boars which he's like wasn't expecting quite that (laughs) intensity (laughs) of a boar right like a curated beast yeah it's not like some fat sleepy porker from the farm <laughs> yeah this took me back a lot to um like game of thrones or lord of the rings with the boars because they're often talked about in both of those series and obviously in lord of the rings the boars also have like that kind of beastie portrayal where they're like the more boars. than just a no- yeah they're not called boars though in lord of the rings they're called something else not the things they ride yeah yeah they're they're huge beasts they're um those are wargs wargs yeah the wargs but they also um in the books i'm almost sure there was a type of a boar type thing that they also rode oh is that right i can't remember yeah Yeah. i'll have to believe it or not i've only read the lord of the rings books once all the way through Mm-hmm. they're hard to get through <laughs> so well I could, when I was a teenager it's like the first fantasy series that I ever tried to read and I that was this is when I was like 15 and mm-hmm. I swear I tried to read that freaking thing six times and every time I was just like get bogged down in the detail I'm like I have no idea what's going on and I would just put it down mm-hmm and I was kind of expecting a similar kind of struggle when I read it a few years ago. So yeah. this is like a huge gap between, <laughs> between attempts at reading. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, this is in my late 30s that I read it all the way through. And I, just, and I was so, it was so enjoyable to read. It wasn't hard at all, which yeah. kind of, you know, like I, I know that I'm a lot older and more able to, you know, comprehend what's going on. My comprehension levels are like much, much, much greater than they used to be. But it was just really interesting, the difference. Like it just, I don't know, the way that we change and grow, I guess, was just so yeah. noticeable. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, for younger ones, I think Lord of the Rings is a little bit too much. But mm. So yeah, the 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 boar turns up, and Garion, you can keep talking about it. What happens next? Um, well, he actually. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Oh, he has this flashback of when he's fighting Rendereg, or also the scuffle with Brill, and it's like this weird power takes over him. Some shout mm-hmm. comes out of him that it doesn't sound like him or feel like he's even doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has this like whole new. Um, strength that he uses to like spear the boar as it's running into him mm-hmm. and obviously the boar still fights back though and then he gets mm-hmm. some good punches at Garion with his tusks and, and the ribs and the hips and the mm-hmm. back and yep. they're fighting for a bit um, yep. until Beric comes yep and yeah. so and and sort of Garion's lying there dazed because the boar has gored him well, not gored him because he's wearing the male shirt, but really ripped, you know, banged into him with his, his tusks and 
like bled all over him and it's kind of on top of him almost. I get the impression that he's lying there with the boar on, with the, this dying boar on top of him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's in that dazed state. He sort of hears, does he hear Barrack first? And then it just says, and then Barrack was there roaring and charging. Mm-hmm. He must see him because yes. he well, recognizes yeah. that it's Barrack, but not Barrack. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's interesting the way that they describe it is how I see clients if I'm doing um, a really, if I'm doing a healing with them, like with Reiki or past life stuff or whatever, uh, the, the, the client will split out into layers mm. almost like I see layer and la- layer upon layer upon layer. It's like I can dip into the different layers. That's what it f- feels like in here. Like it's barrack with this other layer Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i saw it as kind of like this like if it was in a movie scene or something it would be like barracks there but then as he moves the shift of movement he sees the bear for a second mm-hmm. and then shifts mm-hmm. back in the barrack and then mm-hmm. it's like this yeah so that's the image Emma. that he's seeing um superimposed on barrack is this huge hideous bear mm-hmm. yeah um, so we're wondering why, you know, why Barrack's suddenly shifting in and out of this bear. But he yeah. has this new strength, too, that he uses to get the, the boar off Gary and, and, you know, save his yeah. life. And, and like, we know him. that he's a big, you know, very strong dude, Barrack. Mm-hmm. But right. it's kind of, it's like he's overcome with a... Uh, yeah, it's a different... whole strength. huger level of intensity and ferocity. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so Garyan goes unconscious, so he doesn't really see what else happens there. Yeah. Right? He wakes yeah. up. He wakes up and they're in the, in the sleighs going home and Silk's putting a cloth of, filled with snow on his neck. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. He says, just lie down because you might have some cracked ribs. Right. <clears throat> and it seems like Silk has no uh, inclination of Barak being anything other than himself because Garyan kind of questions him briefly. Mm. And Barrack's in the sleigh behind them. Yeah. Um, and so then Garen goes unconscious again. And when he wakes up, he's back in the castle. Mm-hmm. And so Barrack carries him into the castle and Aunt Paul's waiting there, just very white-faced. And Barrack assures her that the, you know, it's the, the blood is, the, is from the boar, not from Garion. Um, he describes it as a little rap on the head is all. <laughs> So uh, Aunt Paul takes them inside and doctors Garion and makes a potion for him that makes him lightheaded and sleepy. Yeah, and she seems like she's ready to really uh, let it into Beric for letting Garion go until, for whatever reason, she feels inclined to put her hands on the sides of his head. Yeah. Well, I think she she turns to him to really ball him out, as you say, and um, and then she stops because of the look on his face and just probably the, his demeanour. And then mm. she reaches out and puts her hands on the sides of his head and looks into his eyes. Right. And she knows that whatever it, it is has finally happened. Yeah. So Gwen <clears throat> like, I couldn't control it, Polgara. And he's just miserable about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So our Aunt Paul knew it was coming, whatever is going on. Yeah. So whatever this doom is that Marcha names a, zoom, a, a doom, Polgara has known about. So it can't, it, so yeah. So I, I mean, is it something that she's spoken to him previously about? Is it like a known thing amongst, you know, people who know Barrack? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's sort of like, it'll be okay, Barrack. And Barrack's like, well, no, it'll never be okay again. He's just sort of, you can see him just, just, plummeting into this dark pit of despair yeah and that's which is, which is which is weird because he's been portrayed as this big bear of a guy anyway that would that you would imagine would embrace this sort of you know maybe this shift mm-hmm. but 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 really doesn't yeah well i think he must know something about what it all means and it probably doesn't mean anything good which mm. is why this old woman keeps calling it his doom. Mm. Okay. You know? Okay. I mean, that's how I would interpret not knowing what's coming. <laughs> that, 
he knows this change means something that he doesn't want. Mm. And that's why he feels so defeated because mm. finally coming and now he's dreading it maybe. Okay. Well, we'll see what we see, I guess, as the story goes on. But Gary sort of is, is just on the edge of consciousness when Paul and Barak are talking and he sort of wants to sort of get curious about it, but Aunt Paul's magic potion just drags him under. Yeah. Yeah, and he seems to have a lot of those moments where he's just on the verge of being either awake or conscious when important conversations are happening. Well, you know, there's that whole, there's a huge power and magic of that in-between space, Mm -hmm. you know, where anything is possible and magic seems real and dreams make sense. Mm -hmm. Because, and then, you know, especially it's a wonderful device in stories because then it gives the character a reason to wonder if it was real at all. That's true. I, um, I think you just have to be careful at a point that you're not using that device too often yeah. with the same character or even with multiple characters yeah. in the same book. I guess it depends how the individual characters interpret that mm-hmm. for themselves because each of them would have a different thought process or wondering about it. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you know, I have like five ideas for new stories, new books every <laughs> bloody day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to write them all down and decide <laughs> well, that's which one can I actually write like 400 words or pages about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the end of our chapter. Yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah, I liked it. So on to the magic of the chapter. Oh, okay. Where's my spreadsheet? I'm sure I wrote something down. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. I'm at it. <laughs> okay, let me see. Magic, magic, magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well, we talked about it in the chapter discussion, but Garion's surge of bravery, you know, that takes him over when he hears the boar coming or sees the boar on the path and he steps out onto the path. I just, I really like this particular thread of magic that runs through where he, there is something greater that he becomes part of in those moments when he really needs to take action. I just, that, that, that is so interesting to me. It's definitely a unique aspect of his storyline that I think is going to be important later. Mm -hmm. Mine was, the the shifting barrack shifting into this bear like in and out of being this bear and it reminded me so much of that character bayorn yeah absolutely and the hobbit stories because yeah he yeah. actually does just shift from a man into a bear so i'm wondering is barrack going to be the same way is that what he's eventually oh, gonna is this like the beginning of that kind of transformation yeah or is it something different right i don't know okay cool and my personal insight, my real life relating this week is again to do with that surge that overtakes Gary and senses at times when bravery is required. There's this sense at the moment um, that I have of purpose and I just feel really grounded. You know, this week is particularly there's been some stuff going on. Um, which has required me to be powerful in my reasons for doing what I do. And this is a really new space that I'm shifting into because mm-hmm. my whole life, it seems I've doubted my own reasons for doing anything and felt that I needed to justify to someone else's satisfaction for things that I do, decisions that I make. And this week has been really Uh, are quite amazing because I haven't felt like that at all. And there have been many, many instances where I have been required to stand in my power and just Mm -hmm. be grounded and centered. And I have, and it's felt natural and I haven't had the least desire to apologize or justify or doubt myself. And so it's like, I've had this, this Garion like surge of, something greater than me merging with me and you know holding me in that really powerful space as I move through some difficult situations so mm-hmm. and and it 
it feels it's like I, I wrote some words down, just some keywords. It feels unswerving and implacable, but incredibly peaceful. Like I can just breathe freely because I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Yeah. Mm. That's an amazing feeling. That's something <laughs> I I've also in the last week really come into, I think. So I, I completely understand. <laughs> My real life relating was just it's in the same, almost close to yours, but when he's just standing alone in the forest and it's so quiet and he can actually hear the snow fall from the branches and hit the ground, like um, just being in nature like that, and you don't even really hear any animals around. There's no birds chirping. It's just like the sounds of the earth, right? I, I remember like some moments going on my hikes or walks and stuff where it's, it is that feeling almost, it's almost like in a big city, it's almost unnerving because you feel like there should be somebody else here right now. But then you got to remember to just like enjoy it and not feel scared by being so secluded, you know? So yeah, I just, I related to that moment. Oh, there's nothing like that, that, muffled sound mm -hmm. yeah, like have you weird. been in snow very often no there's no snow here um, like when it snows mornings that you wake up that i wake up here and it's snowed overnight it's like the world is whispering like mm -hmm. it's so beautiful Can you imagine so <laughs> i i i like that okay all right so Prophecy Speaks. Would you like mm -hmm. to go first? Sure. Um, I'm using The Hobbit today just because I got reminded so much of The Hobbit. I'm like, I have to pull the book out. <laughs> I don't really intention? have. It's more interesting when we ask a question or have an intention, I think. Intention, I guess, just for my new direction towards focusing purely on my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, to come with that, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe something. <laughs> Let's see. The Hobbit felt quite crushed, and as there seemed nothing else to do, he did go to bed. And while the dwarves were still singing songs, he dropped asleep, still puzzling his little head about Bayorn. <laughs> no way! <laughs> no way! You had that bookmarked. <laughs> no, I did not. I swear I didn't. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll keep going. Till he dreamed a dream of hundreds of black bears dancing slow, heavy dances round and round in the moonlight in the courtyard. Then he woke up when everyone else was asleep and he heard the same scrapping, scuffling, snuffling, and growling as before. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, what was your intention? My brain switched off. <laughs> my intention was just where I'm, I'm headed with this new path of focusing on my writing. Mm -hmm. um, and, so what and then, does that say to you? <laughs> and then, you know, the fact that I was talking about Bayorn, yep. <laughs> because of this whole bear thing in this yep. chapter, I don't know exactly. I mean, before, before Bayorn's name came, um, I was feeling like this whole first part where he, he goes to bed and um, the dwarves are singing songs and he dropped to sleep. I felt like that alone was more like me, uh, like me being the hobbit, like I'm Bilbo and I'm trying to just, everybody else is singing their songs about this is how you should do it and this is how you're going to be successful or whatever. But I've now chosen to just sleep through that, mm -hmm. you know? That's beautiful. And, and I think that the fact that Bjorn was mentioned <laughs> means that you are on the right path because that's what I take synchronicity to mean, a little sign saying you're heading the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was funny because he <laughs> popped into my head and then I flipped to that page with him. Oh, oh. that's so funny. 
Okay, so I have a feeling that pretty soon um, one of my associates, one of my colleagues, might be giving, offering me some kind of opportunity mm. or something. Okay. That's as much as I, as I know, but I would just like a little preview about how I, what would be a good way to, for me to respond to this particular thing. I know that's really vague, but, you know. Did you say yes or no to a new opportunity? Well, if you put it like that, that just sounds straightforward and simple and makes sense. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so, because, <laughs> you know, like I don't have enough to do. <laughs> right. So let's see. And which book are you using? Um, I'm using a book called Spitting Out the Bones, a Zen master's 45-year journey. Okay. And I think I've used it once before really early on in the yeah. show. I think you've used it a few times. Oh. It is a mistake to think that without Zazen, we will actualize Zen. However, Zazen is not restricted to a particular sitting posture. If we really want to accomplish the Buddha way, many years of training are necessary. With practice, there are, is realization. With realization, there is actualization. Without practice, there is no true realization. Without realization, there is no actualization. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> so, it appears that I'm going around and around in my head. One thing is feeding into the next, is feeding into the next, and whatever comes up is probably going to fit right into that. So I should just stop it and take things as they come. Yeah, I think so. I think it sounds like <clears throat> if the opportunity feels right, then yeah, it's fitting into everything else you're doing. Stop running around like a hamster in my head, hey? Yeah good one <laughs> but you can't have one without the other and you can't have the other without the one it appears <laughs> now we're just going like on alice and through the looking glass kind of which thing. i'm actually reading at the moment i'm reading alice in wonderland <laughs> Nice. I want to read. I want to read through the Looking Glass. I haven't yet to ever read it. Well, I've got the collection, like all of the Alice books, all of the. Um... I need to get that. Oh, what's the dude's name? I don't know his name. I can't remember. But it's my bedtime reading book. Like when we get into bed, we read for like half an hour or something. So it's my book. Wow. If I read that before going to sleep, I would have some crazy, I already have crazy dreams, but I mean, <laughs> okay. I can't even imagine what level they would go to. Better than when I watch like horror shows. I've been banned. I'm not allowed to watch horror shows because I have nightmares. Oh, Bayon is back. That's the one. <laughs> Sorry. We're talking about hashtags now. Yeah. So the hashtag for this episode, super secret hashtag is Hashtag Bayon is back. That's B-E-O-R-N is back with a hashtag at the front. So yeah. if you would like to join in the conversation on social media, use that hashtag Bayon is back with your messages. Um, if you do some prophecy of your own, let us know what your experience is because that's really super cool. I'll put all the links in the show notes so that you can find us in our social media places. But if you go into Facebook or Instagram and search up at Belgariad and beyond, you'll find us. Um, and you'll also find everything about us, what we do, where we hang out, how you can connect with us on our website, which is belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. So that's probably the easiest place to find out everything about us because you can click through to Alicia's website. You can click through to my other websites and you can find all of the episodes and show notes there as well. And also really quick for my chapter prediction for next week. <gasps> what um, was your last week? <laughs> last week I, 
I'm sorry. That was really, that was, that was a bit snarky, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so last week I said, we'll find out what Wolf's decision is, a decision that is worse than war, according to Silk, and dangerous situations will arise. Well, that didn't happen. Not really. Um, so this week, I think um, in the next chapter that Garion is going to tell somebody about what he saw with Beric and that we might learn a little bit more of what this doom is and why shifting in and out of being a bear is part of that. <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, it's your bedtime to go sleep. No, I have to release a bloody episode that I didn't release. Well, we're going to let Sandra go so she can release that episode. I'm really and sorry, guys. If you guys also want to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating or review so more people can find our show, we'd really appreciate it. We would indeed. Uh, and for those who have already been interacting on social media, thank you. It's a great talking with you guys. Um, and I apologize. I know this is like way ahead of time. You guys are still back in the past right now, but <laughs> I've been slacking on, on like Instagram posts and I just need to find a flow. I need to find a day I can just make, I don't even need to make many, just a few. Mm -hmm. So if we can post them throughout the week, I'll, I'm going to get on that. I'll get a routine. I totally haven't done it either. So bad, bad podcast. You're taking a social media detox. It's not easy to like get yeah. on there and post things. So we'll get on Anyways. it. By the time you hear this, it'll be slick and beautiful and there'll be lots of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> God, so do I. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, have a great week. Bye. Awesome. Oh my god, I yawned. <laughs> I know. <laughs>